All right, y'all. It has been two months. Welcome back to the Good News Cast. Sorry, we haven't put out episodes uh, two in two months. I know that's when we looked and saw it was back in December. That's quite shocking. Uh, it that that is that is Christmas holidays. Yeah. Um, uh, babies being born. So our church staff has three new babies. Um, like different church, you know, our staff. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, babies being born, just a lot going on. So, but we're back to this vital work for your life called podcasting. Yes. Um, today we're going to talk about something that we talk about a lot. So we are pastors at a local church in a fantastic city uh, that we love in all seriousness here in Waco, Texas. Um, uh, someone maybe said this to you, Jeff, yeah. but anyway, we we're trying to put together kind of a coherent episode before we hit record. Um, something <laughs> like uh, it seems like our city, I would agree with this. You would agree with this, um, seems to be, uh, overchurched, yeah. but underreached. Yes. Now, obviously saying overchurched, can you be overchurched? Really what we kind of mean by that is just, we have tons and tons and tons and tons of churches. Yes. Um, maybe the most per square acre in the country. Yeah. Kind of like when yeah. you look at a per capita mm-hmm. like size, we have just a massive amount of churches. Um, tons of people go to church, call themselves Christians, the whole deal, right? We're in the Bible Belt in the thick of it. Um, but there seems to be this thing, and I want to be careful in this episode personally to not come across like a Scrooge or also I don't want to sound arrogant of like, right. you know, I'm, I'm like looking at our city and making this critique. Uh, we have the secret. Yeah, or we have the secret or anything like that. We, uh, we don't think that in, in one sense. Um, but it does seem that we're underreached. Yeah. I just mean f- for the amount of churches we have and the amount of people who, who um, are Christians and call themselves Christians and go to church, there seems in our view, yeah. and we are looking through the lens of Scripture, there seems to be like something massively missing. Mm. Like all, a lot of these Christians still need to be reached in a significant way with the message of the Bible. Um, and again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not me saying a lot of them aren't Christians. That's, right. that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying so many of the Christians I know and meet and the churchgoers I meet, I find seem to still need to be reached with the gospel in a deeper way in just their own soul. E- yes, just even that right there, like being reached with the gospel, many, many in the town, many maybe even ourselves and in our own churches that aren't necessarily fully convinced that the gospel is the answer for the Christian, mm-hmm. that the gospel is the answer for uh, your growth as a Christian or the gospel being the answer for you connecting deeply with God or with community and friendship in a church mm-hmm. or even the mission. So even that might be part of it as well as we're saying that the gospel is what reaches us. And it might be that um, there's a lack of convincing that that's true, mm-hmm. that the gospel might not necessarily be what you need for the Christian life. It might be what you need, certainly, a church is going to say this, to become a Christian, right? Uh, But then, you know, we'll call that the ABCs, but then, well, there's now this whole thing called the Christian life, or what's called sanctification, or community, and all of that, church life, and mission, all of that, but what's that? You know, what makes that go? 
uh, what's the engine for that? Mm -hmm. um, and what we're saying by being reached is that it's actually the gospel is what reaches us. Mm -hmm. um, and only the gospel. So that's probably, just so you understand, when we're using this word overchurched but not reached, uh, this being reached is being reached by the gospel, that that's actually connecting you to God and connecting you to community and connecting you to a mission. So let's let's use this whole episode, the next like 10 or so minutes, uh, to to basically explain that, because I think that's common language nowadays, you know, uh, you know, the gospel, you know, yeah. and, and in a particular, I think really explaining and trying to flesh out what that means as a Christian. Um, cause it can be easy to say yeah. and sometimes hard to understand even what we're talking about. Um, I, I'll go first just to kind of put my neck out there in terms of we were talking about before we hit record, tons of people go to church and a good diagnostic question could be, why do they go to church? So on Sunday morning, we have uh, a lot of people that come to Redeemer and a good question for us to potentially ask at some point is why are they coming here? Yeah. And whatever that answer is, is it going to make us happy or depress us? You know? Um, <laughs> so why are they going to church in uh -huh. my, um, in my experience? Uh, I will say far too many. It seems to me go to church. And, and I know this cause I, I was in this category in Waco at one point, go to church to find or hear uh, about or have an experience that will unlock kind of the next level for their Christianity. Yeah. And what I mean is you can imagine a Christian who feels like they're on this hamster wheel and they are running hard. They are working hard. They are they are desirous. They, they, want the, they want to know the blessing of God on their life. They want to know the presence of God in their life. They want to know that they are in the will of God. They want to know that they're on the mission of God. Like they want to rightly, yeah. like me, yep. want to know that yeah. and feel that. And so they are running. However, if they took inventory of their life, I think many Christians in our town would say, if I'm honest, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. I feel like I'm running after that and getting nowhere. Yeah. So I go to church or I go to this church because I think that this Sunday could finally be the Sunday that oftentimes it's the pastor. The pastor will finally give me that, that thing, that step, that path, that secret to get where he is at. Right. So I sit and I listen to the sermon because that guy on stage behind the pulpit has something I don't have. He's got the secrets. He's got the path. And he's going to give me that path to do this week, mm -hmm. right? To start right. on Monday. Right. And if I can just do it, I will finally feel like I, I truly, deeply, whatever, know God. Mm -hmm. And I'm in God's blessing. The way that that can play out, and then I'll throw this to you, not to be long-winded, but I think it can play out in so many different flavors. So Without a doubt. my background in the charismatic church, it, it actually wasn't so much about necessarily the sermon, we were trying to get what the pastor had. He seemed to have this life of closeness with God we all wanted. But usually the pathway was to actually go on Sunday and have this wild worship experience, you know? So it's like hour long of music. And if you could just meet with the Holy Spirit and finally surrender your will, you know, um, then you might too yeah. walk in that same mysterious blessing, right? Yeah. In some churches, it may be 
all about information. It may be like, if you can fill in the blanks and take your notes hardcore during the sermon, and if you could just memorize the 17 major points of this sermon and understand them in your mind, you too can be like the leaders of this church, right? Um, It could be, I show up for church to be scared out of my wits with the wrath of God, and maybe finally I'll be scared enough to obey his law, yeah. right? Yeah. So my point there is that there can be tons of different flavors mm-hmm. of what is the thing that they're going to try to give me, pound into my life so that I can finally get my act together. And ultimately, for me, experience and know like the love, presence, blessing of God. And I think that's it. I think everyone, I mean, every Christian wants to experience God. Every Christian wants to connect with God. They want to know God. They want yes. to know that they're loved and blessed. They want to know that they're in his will. They want to know that uh, they're a part of what he's doing in the world. They yes. want to know what what does it look like to to have friendships and community with other Christians that are also that, yeah, I know that I can't, this, this relationship with God is not just an individual thing. I need other people. So they're Christians generally get that. Yeah. And then it comes down to how does that happen? And I mean, I can relate so much to so much that you've said um, on ways of trying to do that. For me, it yeah. was hardcore ministry. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was doing evangelism and discipleship that that was going to do it, right? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I, I experienced in the midst of like lots and lots of ministry. And I also thought it would happen in spiritual disciplines and lots and lots of spiritual disciplines from... Uh, praying and reading very early for long periods of time every day Mm -hmm. consistently for years, right? Uh, That that was going to connect me to God, connect me to uh, his purposes and being used by him in life. And and then I also would see, well, that guy over there seems to have it. So I would buy those books and reread them 50 times and listen to that sermon or that person speak 50 times. And then you'd hear about something that would happen in a certain area of the church that there's some really cool teaching that's exploding over here. And so I, you jump over there and try to get a hold of that. Or you might hear of people that are experiencing supernatural encounters yeah. and powers with God. So, right. So there's endless, endless means. And then I've watched people cycle in and out. I mean, we do this in our tradition. It could be, it's this right teaching, this right doctrine, that that's going to do it for you. And then it's going to be a different church tradition. I've watched friends who are pastors who have gone from one tradition to the next tradition. And I'm not talking like going from Baptist to Methodist or Presbyterian. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about going from Protestant to uh, Eastern, right. to Catholic. I mean, completely radical right. traditions, and it's all the same. Everyone will basically say they are exhausted at the roots of their being. They're desperate to connect to God. They're desperate mm-hmm. to connect to something that matters more deeply in changing their life and mm-hmm. God's blessing and knowing that they're a part of God using them and being a part of mission. It's all the same. Mm-hmm. But the answer is, what does that? Right? What does that? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why we're saying you can be over-churched. You can be in church, church, church every night of the week, and you can be doing all these mm-hmm. church kind of things, but you know that you're not reached. Your heart, mm-hmm. the bottom of your heart has not really been reached, mm-hmm. and you're desperate 
to be reached. The roots of your being are exhausted and you're desperate for that come unto me reality of experiencing rest. And uh, I know that those of you that are listening here that are Christians, that you know this experience. This is not a, a unique experience. Uh, this is a universal experience for all of us. And so the question is, again, how do you get reached? Yeah. To put this in theological terms, we're talking about the distinction ultimately between the law and the gospel. Yes. There are, there are biblically speaking, two options. And again, the option of the law especially can come in many different flavors. But um, y- you are we are in any given moment or Sunday doing one of two things. We are all looking for rest, right? We're all looking for rest in our soul. We want to, you know, if I could say that rest is, you know, okay, I can breathe because I know I'm in the blessing of God. I can breathe because I know I'm in the love of God. Okay. We all want that. Yep. There are only two options of where we seek to find it. One is in something that has been done outside of us and for us. We didn't do it. We didn't accomplish it. Someone else did something for us so that we can have that rest. That's one option. That's the gospel option. That is Jesus Christ outside of me lived, died, and rose from the dead. He did it all. I just experienced all the benefits, right? That's one option. The only other option is the law. And, um, by law, I mean, you could look to the 10 commandments and go, if I could just do the 10 commandments, I will have rest in God. Yeah. It could also be, if I just have that mysteriously Holy spirit filled two hour long worship session at the charismatic church, Yeah. I'll finally get to the blessing of God. If I could do the Bible in a year plan that my church is on, you know, not just read my Bible, but do it consistently enough to finish in a year. I'll know the blessing of God. A really popular one now that I'm seeing in churches, if I can just confess my sin enough and be transparent enough and do it consistently enough, somehow that unlocks, you know, the blessing of God in my life. Yeah. Whatever it is, my point in saying this is that you can throw it all together under a category of it's called the law. And what I mean by that is you are doing something and it could be a really good thing. Yes. Like not murder. You are not murdering people to attain and accomplish God's grace in your life. You are doing something to accomplish it. And if that is you, that's why, and and by the way, we all do this to different degrees, right? It's our sinful corruption. That is why you feel like you're on a hamster wheel because you are working really hard. You're even doing really good things. Right. I, I, I evangelize to my waiter. I confess all my known sin to my small group. I do the Bible in a year plan. I go to church. I volunteer in the kids' ministry. I memorize Romans. I memorize the Bible. I parent well. I teach my kids the catechism, et cetera, et cetera. If I can just do all that, I will have rest. Right. Good luck. Right. (laughs) That is why you feel like you're on a hamster wheel, because you are looking to the law to do something it cannot do for you. So it's never finished. Ever. Unless you're perfect. I will say there's a caveat here. If you are personally perpetually perfect in every single way and fiber of your being, I guess you'll have rest. Yeah. But that's no one except for Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's the point is that he came to do that, fulfill the law perfectly. Um, 
put it in, I'm just trying to put it in theological categories, mm-hmm. historical theology. It's called the distinction between the law and the gospel. You can go the gospel way as a Christian. And this is our big thing. And I apologize for being long-winded here. The, the thing that Christians, I think, especially in our city, have never been reached with is to know that the gospel is still for them. Yeah. You know, this has been, I know your kind of um, flag in the ground here in Waco, and it will be forever at Redeemer. Mm-hmm that we want Christians to know the gospel is still for you. Yeah. It is not, you failed the law, believe the gospel message, now go back to the law as your focus, ultimate focus to try to get better. No, it is, you failed the law, you believe the gospel to enter the kingdom, and you believe the gospel again and again and again to know this is wild, but I've been a Christian for 20 years, I still am a failure but holy cow, yeah. he still loves me just like he did on day one. Yeah, That's gospel. So imagine, imagine what would happen if the gospel, who Jesus is and what he's done and what he's accomplished, um, is the engine of your Christian life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, now we're talking about, we're talking about, the, we're ta- again, the law is not, just we tend to think i know i know what you're thinking because i think that way we tend to think of the law as like well, i'm not i don't believe in salvation by works i don't believe in sanctification by works um the law is categorizing our well paul says it this way in galatians um are you trying to perfect yourself in the flesh uh we always are trying to the flesh our sinful nature is always trying to uh activate God and mm-hmm. activate life and and even activate the killing of sin in our life and even deactivate the bad things in our life. Uh, so the law is this human effort, this self-salvation or self-sanctification strategy to try to activate mm-hmm. God's love, blessing, uh, power, being used, uh, so it's it's an umbrella term that catches a lot of things, and there are only law realities and gospel mm-hmm. worlds. So those are the two kingdoms right there. Mm-hmm. So imagine that as Christians, um, we start resting and relying and rejoicing and going more deeper into the wonders, the words, the works uh, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just in case we're thinking, you're never going to get to the end of that. Right. I mean, one drop, one, one drop of the water of the gospel uh, not only justifies you uh, and takes you all the way to the kingdom of God, um, but it is, it's electrifying, it's mm-hmm. ultra life, it's eternal life, mm-hmm. and uh, you're never going to get to the bottom of it. So perhaps you're thinking, yeah, gospel, that's a, a truncated evangelistic message. It, no, that's not what we're mm-hmm. talking about here. We're talking about the, the, oh, the depth, the riches, the wonders of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished for you. Mm-hmm. And that is the power of God uh, to uh, connect you more deeply as a Christian, that you actually enter into the love that he has for you, that it's already been accomplished uh, that righteousness we're talking about, the forgiveness we're talking about, uh, the the dynamic of uh, issues and areas of your life changing. I mean, we're talking about a whole comprehensive salvation uh, that the Christian gets 
the fruit of that is in the gospel. There's such simplicity to this as well. So sometimes this this can sound, I think, complex. It can sound, maybe just because it's so foreign. It's yeah. just like, that doesn't make any sense to me that hearing what's been done for me at the cross will help me with my, you know, fill in the blank sin struggle. Right. Right. I don't understand like how that connects. And yet there's an incredible simplicity here that we're saying, <laughs> we're saying not only do you go to Jesus for justification, you know, we could say to like enter into the kingdom yep. for the first time. But, and I know this sounds crazy, but you go to him for everything else. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what we're saying. For your parenting. We go to him. Yeah. You, you don't go to. For your calling and your job at life for conflict, for how you handle money. I mean, everything. That's what Proverbs is all about, right? It's, yes, everything. Right. And in going to him to even, you know, kind of, you're going to the one who lived, died, and rose for you and loves you based on grace and works in your life based on grace alone. So, again, you're going to gospel yeah. reality for fill in your fill in the blank sin struggle. Yeah. Um, now, you know, we, we mentioned the, like the, the confessing uh, of your sin, that we can take something very good yep. and turn it into this will unlock, right? the next level of Christianity. Mm -hmm. It is very easy to think about confession of sin in a pagan way. Like uh, uh, you don't even need to think about Jesus. You can just get in the habit of going, I just confess what I think is sin. Yep. I just do it. Well, I can, I could convince a pagan to do that. I could be like, I'll pay you $20 to go meet in a small group of friends and confess what you think is bad. That's actually, it actually was a pagan practice way back when too. I mean, I was been researching on Isaiah and that the Gentile world had prophets. It wasn't a strange thing to have prophets and it wasn't a strange thing to bring the, um, they wouldn't have called them sins, but the badness that would have been in your family and your tribe to the gods. Mm -hmm. That was not a, that wasn't, that was a common reality. I mean, you even, you even think, modern uh leadership principles would say you know own your mistakes yeah like apologize own it <laughs> right. oh okay so right. that has nothing to do necessarily with christianity it's just saying it's a good principle to yeah. admit where you're wrong seek forgiveness yeah the, so my point in saying this is that w when you when you really think about it it's like it could be a good thing and you have completely left jesus so when we talk about living by way of the gospel, that's really just another way of saying like, live by the spirit of Christ, yeah. live by the reality that Jesus is still saying, I give you a comprehensive salvation. Mm -hmm. I justify you. I sanctify you. I glorify you. So you come to me, um, you know, before we hit record, I was thinking to, to kind of try to bring this full circle. Why do you go to church? You either go to church because you are desperate for a new law a new piece of advice, a new piece of guidance that if you could finally do it, you'll finally get Jesus in the way you want him. Mm -hmm. Or you go to church to just get more of what you already have. So I, I'm even, I, like I'm thinking of these random illustrations on the spot that may be terrible, but it's like if someone came to me and was like, hey, you know, this ice cream shop is yours. I've given it to you for free. It's in your name. You own all of it. It'll be replenished. It, every time you come here, everything's topped off. It's all yours. It's free. It would be so silly if I was like, 
you know, and you're like, oh, I bet you go there all the time. It's like, no, I never go there. Why would I go there? It's already mine. I, I, I go to Jason's Deli, which I hate, and I pay for that food. It's like, why? I don't understand. Why do you not go to the place that's already yours and enjoy it? Yeah. Well, I don't go there because it's already mine. Yeah. Well, that's silly. Right. I go to church to get more of, in a sense, what I already have, yeah. which is the blessing of God. Yeah. To, get, to, to draw near to him. Not to earn him, to draw near, because he said, hey, you know you can draw near to me. Yeah. It's free for the taking, <laughs> you know? Yes. So I go to to get more of him who is free for the taking, you know, as he comes down to meet with us in the word and sacraments, yes. you know? Um, I go to get more of what I already have. So I go from a, I go to church, hopefully in a place of rest, but perhaps I'm on the hamster wheel, and hopefully I go to the right church that says, hey, get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. Rest. That's being reached. Yes. That's being reached. So we're talking about overchurched and not being reached. We're talking about churched and being reached. It's going to church uh, to hear and to see the wonders, the riches, the depths, the realities of who Jesus is and what he's done for you, what's already accomplished, what's already good news for you. Mm -hmm. And... And us, we, resting bigger, brighter, better in it, relying bigger, brighter, better in that, Mm -hmm. rejoicing bigger, brighter, and better ways in who Jesus is and the wonders of his finished comprehensive salvation, uh, which is the only thing that can reach the bottom of our hearts Mm -hmm. and reach it and give us rest and restructure it and renew us reach us, right. put us back together again. Right. Surprisingly, the gospel way, you you may still, um, it, it's the engine, it energizes you. Mm-hmm. No longer you feel like you're on a hamster wheel making no progress. Suddenly, to your surprise, you're like, whoa, I, this sin struggle used to be like crushing me. You know, it's still here, but it doesn't, it's not as crushing anymore. Yeah. It seems to be getting replaced, you know? And then the good news is that when 10 years down the road, it crushes you again, you actually have hope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. you, you, you're not just like, well, right. the hamster wheel is the only thing I got. Yeah. It's like, thank God. Go to church. This is the last thing I'll say. Go to a church that is reaching you with the gospel. Yeah. We are all prone. Me, Jeff, all of us. We're all, this, our sinful heart gravitates towards, I can save myself. Wow. Yep. We need a church that every Sunday says, hey, cut it out. Mm-hmm. You know? Sit down, shut up, stop moving, yep. look to Jesus who moved for you, who did yep. it all for you, right? Get off the hamster wheel. You can't do it. You know, we have to be reached again and again and again. Amen. All right, hopefully this is helpful. Uh, until next week, we should be back on the podcast train weekly. So, 